Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Plant Medicine, Cannabis, Psychedelics, and Pharmaceutics. Today we are talking tech. <laughs> we are talking tech today, so you guys be ready. Uh, but before we go into the real nitty-gritty of today's talk, what are we going to do next? Today we have to do house cleaning. <laughs> it's holiday season out here, so we need to do house cleaning. This show is for educational purposes and should not be taken as medical advice. Consult with your doctor or clinician for all your medical needs. Do not stop or start any medicine without talking to your clinicians. Having said that, the show is uh, sponsored by WCI Health. We are your alternative health and wellness hub. We help you level up on your wellness journey using the healing powers of plant medicine and education as tools. WCI Health, they are the makers of glows. When you think of glows, think beauty from within. Having said that, uh, yeah, we're still looking for sponsors. So if you are out there, you would like to support what we are doing, slide in my DM, wci-health.com or WCI Health 19 on IG, WCI Health on Twitter. Having said that, yeah, let's do this. Let's do this. I have today with me Dr. Brian Kumbok. How you pronounce your name, Dr. Uh, Dr. Brian? You did it well, exactly as you said. Kumbot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dr. Kumbot is the uh, medical director, chief medical officer for Bow Harvest Science. They are Bow Science, uh, science uh, based company. And I'm going to let him talk to me a little bit about his background. What is your background? How did you go uh, from, how did you even get to Bow Harvest? Talk to me, Dr. Kumblatt. Yeah, and it's um it's wonderful to be part of this. As I shared, I um I listened to your podcast, so to be part of this <laughs> special podcast today is just a real honor. Um, it's a long story that I'll make really short. I lost a friend when I was in high school in 1990 to a rare form of cancer, so I got really interested in doing cancer research, and I did that throughout high school and college. Um, I was blessed. I got into the Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, where I wanted to be a pediatric oncologist. My second year there in 1996, I was part of a team that unfortunately diagnosed my own father with metastatic colorectal cancer. I'm happy mm -hmm. to say there's a good outcome. I talk to him every night. Him and my mom both are colorectal cancer survivors. But during that time, instead of wanting to treat cancer, I got really interested in trying to find ways to prevent um, diseases or even to promote wellness. And I went around all the Hopkins campus and there were three major labs working on a component called sulforaphane, a phytonutrient that was found in broccoli. And so I was blessed and I got to be part of some of the early first in human clinical trials for that looking at, um, and I know you're a, a pharmacologist or pharmacist um, by background. So we did a lot of the initial pharmacokinetic and pharmacodynamic work. And um, I actually have been working on that particular compound for over 25 years. Um, that is, skip, uh -huh. Yeah. So I'll skip all the nice. way up. Um, yeah, I got into uh, BioHarvest in May of this past year. It's just a, a wonderful opportunity that came my way. Um, the company is pretty amazing in the sense that we don't use um, land and, and very little resources. We have bioreactors that are backed by 13 and a half years of R&D. And we can talk about that. I got a lot of questions for you, Dr. Yeah. Kumblatt, on what you do. And like you said, I am a clinical pharmacist myself with extensive bi background in biochemistry, I major in biology, minor in chemistry as an undergrad. So uh, some of this stuff, I know uh, I have a little uh, idea of what you're doing and I will have questions about it. 
Well, my first question is that uh, you oversee this uh, product development at Bow Harvest, uh, and uh, the, some of these uh, uh, transitional research initiative that you are doing, including clinical trials. What are some of the clinical trials that you are currently uh, working on, if you would like to share some of it with us? No, absolutely. So our, as I shared, we were um, 13 and a half years for our R&D to make these bioreactors. And the first product that we made is a Vinia, and it's in the marketplace. It's been out for a little more than a year and a half. It's based on the red grape cell. And um, what we do is we actually grow it in this uh, water-based, uh, very sterile environment, and we're able to actually increase the phytonutrient content. And so that Vinia, you know, we actually did preclinical studies looking at, you know, in cell culture and some animal work all published. And then we actually did four human clinical trials. Um, part of my hiring is to expand our clinical trial reach. Um, the nice thing is, is unlike the Japanese knotweed, ours is a very consistent batch-to-batch -batch product. It has incredible, we'll talk here, pharmacokinetics, as you know, um, solubility and bioavailability. Availability. Unlike typical um, resveratrol that, that you need like grams to only have 1% get into our bloodstream, we actually help to deliver Pisceid resveratrol, which has much increased bioavailability. And so um, it actually stays in the bloodstream for over 12 hours instead of 25 minutes like its other um, you know, cousin, the, the regular trans resveratrol. And so based on that um, consistency and great solubility, bioavailability, we have now 13 clinical trials that we're working on. All over the mm -hmm. world, I'm actually heading to South Korea and um and China and um the Philippines early next year, where we're going to um help to to launch two clinical trials. But we're doing some in the United States as well. And and to your point, we're looking at brain health promotion and kidney health promotion and eye health promotion. Um, Vinia right now is a dietary supplement, so we're helping to promote health and wellness. You know, we're not able to treat or mitigate yeah. diseases, but we're looking at structure function. Yeah. Um, capabilities, um, you know, being able to modulate some of these key molecular pathways that can provide health and wellness to these key areas of our body. That is amazing. And for me, I mean, when you talk about alternative health and wellness, you're speaking my language because growing up in Africa, I was born in West Africa in Nigeria. So growing up in that part of the world, plant medicine is a wellness tool, is the first line of therapy. But I also, at the same time, I have to also tell folks that look here, we don't have enough land. We don't have enough resources that is gonna be enough to really grow these botanicals for everybody. It's just like thinking of uh, psychedelic thing of DMT. Even right now, Iboga is kind of going extinct in the Republic of Congo. So we're gonna have to be uh, uh, creative in taking care of everybody. We don't want to leave anybody behind. And talking about that, you have been in this field, in this research since the 90s. You don't even look that old. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll be uh, 50 next year. But yeah, and I I, I credit yeah. it to all the phytonutrients that I take every I day. Know, so, I know, I yeah. know. And your interests have been focused on developing all these novel uh, new formulation comprising of natural uh phytochemicals. And for folks that might not be wondering what the heck is phytochemicals, these are chem compounds that are derived from plants. Phyto means plant. So that's what phytochemicals mean. And these compounds include isotylcyanate. <laughs> that's a mouthful folks, to minimize chronic inflammation. And like we know, inflammation has been implicated in almost all disease states, including cancer that we we're just talking about. And apart from that, it's also a way for these agents to help uh, help our environment. 
kind of serve as an environmental uh, agent to work against toxins. Talk to me, Dr. Koblant, about this formulation and what you are looking for uh, to develop, especially as it relates to cannabis. I know you are into cannabis research. So talk to me, what are the areas that you are trying to work on? What are you trying to determine when it comes to cannabis research? Yeah, and so to get back to those phytonutrients, what we're looking at is the totality, the whole matrix of these um, phytonutrients. And what's amazing, all the kind of um, chemicals that I've been looking at and phytonutrients in my lifetime th throughout my career have been ones that are multifaceted. So we know whether it's sulforaphane from broccoli or in Arvinia, the resveratrol or the cannabinoids, the major and minor cannabinoids. Well, um, I don't look at diseases when I see people who have you know, symptoms, what, what I look at instead and how I was trained in my PhD and postdoc years is looking at molecular changes, you know, problems with some of these molecular pathways. So one of the amazing things with cannabinoids is we know that it can impact the NF-kappa-P pro-inflammatory pathway. And for listeners who may not have the background like you and I have, we don't want them to get scared. There's no test or quiz after this <laughs> little podcast, but um, the, the pro-inflammatory <laughs> pathway, you know, in our bodies, when we have stress, our cells produce, certain cells will produce things like cytokines and chemokines. These are chemical messengers, which can actually lead to further and further inflammatory responses and inflammation. And so there's pathways in our body, in our cells that are controlled by substances like cannabinoids and phytonutrients found in, for example, the red grape or broccoli that can actually tame and, 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 and wind down that inflammatory process. So it allows us to decrease chronic stress and chronic inflammation. There's another pathway, which the cannabinoids in our, our, our vinia, the red grape product helps to increase. And those are called phase two detoxifying antioxidant enzymes. So Dr. O, you had mentioned how the environment can have an impact on our, you know, our, our health and wellness and inflammation. Some of these environmental triggers um, and, and environmental chemicals that we breathe in or that's found in products in our home, things like benzene from car exhaust, industrial pollution, it gets into our body. And these phase two enzymes, they can actually metabolize and break down these toxins. It turns out the cannabinoids and resveratrol and some of these other quercetins can ramp up the production of these at the cellular level. And there's over 100 that are made inside our cells that protect us, even though we don't even know about it. While we're talking, we're breathing in chemicals, these phase two detoxifying antioxidant enzymes. We can ramp them up with the right types of phytonutrients nutrients. So we're taming inflammation while we're increasing these protective phase two enzymes, if that makes sense. That is amazing. That is amazing. And, I mean, these are folks, these are really cool stuff. These are mind blowing kind <laughs> of stuff that we are talking about here. Talk to me, uh, Dr. Kova, about the process, about how, how do you even, because I went on your website and yeah. I saw that you you guys are cultivating this uh, agent without growing it in the soil. Our conventional, traditional ways of a plant is we put it in the soils and all that. So talk to me about the process that that, that entails without yeah, and, the soil, and, farming and, without the soil. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible. And I'm going to give a plug since the holidays are coming up, Christmas and, and, and uh, you know, Hanukkah and, and others. I tell people if you're off of work, there's a great um, documentary called Eating Our Way to Extinction. It talks about traditional agriculture where we're using a lot of water and resources and soil, and we're really causing major problems to this planet. So we're very focused on environmental stewardship and governance. So we hired over the years amazing plant biologists and scientists from all over the world. And so they spent over a decade looking at the red grape cell, 
cannabis, so hemp and, um, you know, cannabis, um, they're looking at um, olives and they're also looking at pomegranates. So those four, we take components of the cells and we actually first grow them in agar plates. And then we get further and further into these bioreactor bags. And I actually went this summer, I had I was fortunate enough to go to Israel to Rehovit, where we have our R&D and production facilities. It looks like a um, literally a space age movie where you walk into this room and there's 40 different bags and they're big. They're like seven feet tall and they're all growing at different um, levels and variations. Some of these components. And um, it's just incredible. We have special drying capabilities where we'll turn them into powders and we can put them into things like capsules and chews and and even um, protein bars and sports bars. But um, the amazing thing is, as you shared, we use very little water, very sterile water. We don't use any solvents, pesticides, herbicides. We don't have to use soil, but you still get all the micronutrients and major phytonutrients. I can tell you something that's just remarkable. We had a press release a couple of weeks back where we took a hemp plant. And as you know, Dr. O, hemp has very little THC, less than um, 0.03%. And through our bioreactor, um, and you know also that the trichome, for those listeners who may not know, that's where all the major and minor cannabinoids, like the factory of those in the plant, it's called trichomes. And usually the plants have little amounts of trichomes. In our bioreactors, we get 93% trichomes. So it's just these big seven foot bags with circling trichomes. And they're not in the typical shear forces like we can think of when a plant is growing in the ground. So we were able to actually increase the THC concentration by 8.3 times. So we have hemp plants wow. that have seven and a half percent THC. We can scale that down and get rid of it completely. Overall, the total cannabinoids went from three percent to 36 percent. So an eight, wow. a 12 fold increase. So and we get that in our bioreactor because of the differences and physical stresses, the plants are actually making more and more of these um, health promoting uh, phytonutrients, which is really wonderful for the capabilities. And when we take these into clinical trials. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, you know, one thing with our listener is that they are very, very uh, fierce. <laughs> That's what I want to call them. They are like, okay, doctor, you have to ask all those tough questions. You're yeah, not going to let Dr. Kumbla go real <laughs> So when you're talking about this bioreactor, what comes to my mind is uh, GMO, genetically modified, uh, are this some form of genetically uh, modified uh, compound? Then my second question is, the what, when we're talking about cannabis, you know, we've seen uh, scenarios whereby we are cultivating cannabis from yeast, fermentation, from IG. Sure. Uh, what is the difference between what you guys are doing and cultivating it from fermentation yeast. First of all, talk to me about GMO. So the first thing is, is we are non-GMO. Like I said, we started with a hemp seed, a typical hemp seed, and we put into our, you know, in our, our plant biology labs, and we started with the seed, and we're able to get different components and then put that on agar, and there's no genetically mod modification at all. It's very safe, very consistent, lot to lot. That's the other thing. Once we lock it in, um, consistency from from um, harvest to harvest to harvest. The other interesting thing, I'll give you an example, the red grape, you get two growing cycles an entire year. We get tons of material every 21 days and we keep doing that over and over and over in a really small footprint, less than 4,000 square feet for most of these kind of growing conditions. So that's one thing. In terms of we're not using yeast, we're not using any you know live biological organisms outside of the plant cells themselves. It's just a sterile water-based um, kind of, kind of uh, growing mechanism with some of these uh, growth media components and again everything is very all natural nothing artificial um so it's very safe and consistent and non-gmo which is most important to the plantless or to the listeners out there that that rely on some of these plant-based options to, to you know solutions for some of the problems that they deal with day in and day out 
what comes to my mind, uh, Dr. Brown, is that it's kind of like uh, hydroponic, hydroponic, mm -hmm. you know, like those water cultivation on steroid here. <laughs> It is absolutely, yeah. and I can I can share something too. We're a public company, and this has been released as well. Um, on our board is is Chris Hatfield, who's an astronaut, and in the upcoming years, we're taking this onto the International Space Station. So we know that in zero gravity, we think that these plants are going to grow even greater and greater amounts of these yeah. phytonutrients. Again, non-GMO, just taking our bioreactors into the into the International Space Station in future. Hopefully, some of the missions to Mars as well as our long-term plans, because we can produce some of these plant components for the astronauts. I think there was a, a movie called The Martian, where it was all about um, growing and needing soil on Mars. We we don't need that at all. All we need is sterile water, which we, we get to recycle as well. So we're really cutting down on electricity, water use, land use. It's, it's really good for our planet and also to take into outer space. That is amazing. That is amazing, yeah. especially for folks that are already thinking of living horse ethylene here on planet Earth and moving straight into the mass. This is going to be some real exciting news for them. My other question is this, uh, Dr. Brown. When we talk about cannabinoid, or, you know, botanicals generally, we're talking about entourage effect. It's not just the cannabinoid. It's not just our garlic, the active ingredient that is in this plant that we're talking about. We're talking about the phenol, the flavonoids, the essential oil. We're talking about the toppings. When it comes to this system that you're using, how does the topping uh, comes in? What happens with the topping? Because I know in the fermentation process, in the yeast fermentation process, they have to add the toppings individually after the whole process. Talk to me about yeah. your process. Because you I know, like I, you know, topping, they are part, they are medicinal. In fact, they are really, really part of uh, the entourage effect. What makes the difference between single agent uh like say like uh dronabino marino compared sure. to our broad spectrum so talk to me about that yeah and then and then for the listeners who might not have heard some of your prior podcasts there's two major classes that come out of the cannabis when we grow them and those are the non-cannabinoids and as you talked about the flavonoids the terpenes and then you have the cannabinoids and most people think of thc and cbd and cbdv and ttv so again those two classes um, to your point, it is an entourage effect. We like to say it's like a, a team of rowers. If you've ever seen like a college team of rowers, they're all working in synchrony yeah. um, and all together. So we produce the full matrix of phytonutrients. So we have the cannabinoids, we have the flavonoids, the terpenes. And I also, another great analogy is think of a symphony. Imagine if you just had the brass section or the strings or you know the percussion, just one alone wouldn't sound good, but they all work and play together in this great entourage effect of some of your prior podcast um you know uh, people ha have shared it, and that's exactly what we get in our in our cannabis um extracts is we get all of those um and at high levels as well higher levels than you would find in nature we don't have to add anything at the end to our product it's all directly from the the, the initial plant itself or the initial seed itself it is uh it is a uh, serious serious uh farming uh, on steroid that we're looking at here uh, let me talk to you about when you were brought on to bar harvest you had talked about the opportunity that Balharvest has in the medicinal space based on their uh, cell, uh, cell citation technology. Yeah. That's a technology. Some of the existing products are already uh, in development. And you guys are now developing some other, uh, other, some other agents into expanding the indication uses for, for this uh, agent. 
clinically based therapeutic solution. That's what you are working towards. Talk to me about all this unique solution that we uh, you are working on. And that's a terrific question. Yeah. And that's why also I joined. It just gives us tremendous capabilities. So right now we play in the dietary supplement space. And for the viewers, most people think of dietary supplements as like minerals and vitamins. And that's not what we have. We we actually create nutraceuticals. And these are all those phytonutrients and phytochemicals that are health promoting that we talked about. So right now we're we're regulated by the dietary supplement space and we make dietary supplements, but we're actually inching our way with some of these clinical trials to work with the FDA early on to start getting botanical drug classification. And so with our partners in academia and federal agencies, we're actually going to be doing clinical trials looking at therapeutic outcomes. And because we're safe and efficacious and the lot to lot consistency is amazing. You know, that's one of the problems with cannabis. You get one plant, you grow it. And then, you know, three months later, you go back to do another follow-up study and it's not the same components. It changes. Yeah. Ours is locked in. It's the same batch to batch to batch. And that really helps with consistency. I'll share something that's out in the public now. We just actually signed a three-year deal with Royal Emerald Pharmaceuticals. So I don't know if you know, they're one of the seven manufacturers of cannabis that have the bulk manufacturing DEA license. So we just teamed up with them. We're now going to get our products into 575 DEA licensed research facilities, including the National Institute of Health, academic centers, researchers um, throughout the country here in the United States that are interested in using a, a, a safe and consistent product, um, you know, cannabis product for use in their research that they can do studies over and over and over and using the same materials um, from the start of their studies. And three years later, they can use the same exact material. So um, we're going to have a lot of research there aimed at looking at medicinal uses of cannabis even further than what's out there already. That is amazing because, you know, back in the days until recently, probably within the last uh, uh, few years, probably two, three years, we only have uh, one institution whereby they can do this research. And the, the quality yeah. of the cannabis that is being used in, in this particular institution is not even that major, you know. So yeah. to have this kind of uh, compound, this kind of agent that you guys are developing, that is pretty, pretty amazing. Talk to me, what level, how deep will Bauhavis be involved in this uh, collaborative work that you just mentioned? How, how, what, are they going to give you guys uh, more rooms and stuff? Yeah. So one of the neat things is, you know, based on my background, I was I was lucky enough in high school to start doing my first clinical trial. So talking about the research, I actually just worked on an eye health study that we're working on with our veneer product. And so I wrote the protocol. Now we're working with our colleagues out in academia and they're touching it up and we'll have that launch next year. But yeah, we hope to be on all facets of, um, you mentioned the word translational research. And I always like to define, you know, we know what that means, but yeah. for the viewers out there, or listeners, what that means is from the bench all the way to the bedside in real human clinical trials. So we're going to be doing everything from the preclinical work in, in cell culture to looking at maybe some animal models and then taking some of those, you know, early um, preclinical studies and outcomes and taking it right into human clinical trials. And we'll be involved in everything from designing some of these studies to, in some cases, maybe just providing the actives. We can make match plus placebos, which is always a really great thing when you think about those gold standard randomized placebo-controlled studies. Sometimes those placebos, unfortunately, in the dietary supplement space can have activity as well. We know how to make really inert placebos. So we're going to be providing that as well to our partners in the research community. And that will kind of make it a lot kind of distinct. When you have the result, you will know if it's 
real, it is real. If it's not real, then it's straight up placebo. Not like, okay, it's a placebo effect or anything like that. It's straight up. That is, that is pretty cool. Now talk to me. I, I know some of our farmers out there. I'm like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. How does how does this affect our source of livelihood? Is there a way because it's gonna involve a lot of education? Oh, we yeah. humans, we don't like change at all. We we get what are the uh what are the uh tools that you are setting in place to be able to reach out to the community to be able to say this what we are doing here is gonna benefit us all on the long run. Talk to me about those uh, tools that you are putting in place to help us understand more and to even bring the farmers and all those other uh, legacy folks on board with what you're doing. Yeah, and I think the great thing here is we can work in harmony with farming and farmers, and we can actually, um, you know, grow these, uh, you know, extracts and and powders and and phytonutrients in our bioreactors and leave the farmland and you know with the the right types of um soil uh, conditions leave that for the food industry, you know. So we're not actually competing with the food industry right now. We're just using up um you know some of these resources to produce these medicinal compounds, right, and these phytonutrients that again are right now going to be used for dietary supplements and hopefully one day bioactive um, drugs and, and medicinal products. But we're not right now thinking about replacing farms per se in terms of the foods that we eat and, and we grow and we harvest. So again, I think that's going to be nice because I can tell you when I worked prior on that broccoli product, we had to use thousands of hectare acres and acres of land in the Imperial Valley to grow the broccoli, to get the seeds and the sprouts to make dietary supplements. And that's land that could be used for food, for animals, for us. And so we don't want to compete at all with the precious resources that we have here on earth. So I think it's going to be a nice symbiosis where we'll leave the land to be able to grow the food that we eat. And then we'll have these bioreactors that are indoors, you know, using very little resources that we can use to produce these wonderful, safe, non-GMO uh, medicinal compounds one day. Absolutely. And an agent like Ebola, whereby we've seen that there's so much therapeutic use for this agent, especially yeah. in the opioid addiction process, and it's getting extinct in, in the Republic of Congo. That is an agent we can use this technology to really develop and actually focus it towards the addiction uh, community that we are dealing with, the epidemics that we are dealing with. Time goes so fast sometimes that uh, when we are doing this stuff, uh, Dr. Cobra. But I have to ask you, some of the uh, nutraceuticals that you already have, do you have it in market already? For folks uh, uh, that are listening to us, maybe investors or people like, this is interesting, I would like to find out more. I'm going to pack those two questions together. Talk to me about that. How, yes. how do we get that? Yeah, so first, so our Vinia product, and we'll soon have our cannabis and aloe products next year. You can go into vinia.com, V-I-N-I-A.com. It's it's um available um at doctors' offices on Amazon directly from from us. Um, in terms of investing, we are a public company, and we always love having investors. You can go online. Um, what I love to do is actually you can look at every um quarter. We actually do a kind of investor overview, so it's actually a nice little kind of like like microscope and microscopic tour into the inner workings of bioharvest, the research that we're doing and some of our plans for the years ahead. For example, even combining some of these products, imagine a world where we can combine our, our incredible Vinia product, which helps 
increase blood flow and that's the foundation yeah. of life with some of our cannabinoids oh, and for example thcv maybe for addiction you know like yeah, we know about yeah. there's that one receptor alpha 3 alpha 4 acetoaldehyde receptor involved yeah. in addiction um we can combine thcv using our vinea get into all the aspects of the brain all areas of the brain and then um, make some really unique patented um compound. So you can check that out on our website and that's going to be bioharvest.com. There's some investor meetings that we have actually um, live for the public to get to get access to. Yeah, it's like one which is a thousand, two which is ten thousand. I mean, it takes uh, one is uh, it takes it takes it's a village. We call it village. It that's takes right. a village. Folks, we're going to and we're also going to put all those information on our website. We're probably going to bring you back. These are cool stuff. We cannot to. pack this in the 30 minutes at all. It's going to become. Folks, that's our show for today. Find all the past episodes on Cannabis Radio, WCHI-Health.com. Please rate the show. Give us a five. Uh, five star is what we are looking for. You can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Plus, you can find this show on Hi Hat Radio. Amazon Music, Google, WCI Health, and wherever you find your podcast. And of course, <laughs> you need to follow me. Follow me on social IG, WCI Health 19, LinkedIn, Dr. Lola Ohumba. Like I said earlier, we are still looking for sponsor. We were very grateful. Entiotech, they are out of Canada. They did sponsor us to Wonderland, Miami. It was a great time out there. And if you are yet to pick up my book, it's holiday season. This will be a good, good uh, gift for families and loved ones. Go grab it on Amazon if you are out of United States. If you are in United States, go to my website, wci-health.com. Until next time, remember health because we're bye for now, guys. See you. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.